Agenda-setting conversations of the day. 12 after 7, good morning. The Water Affairs Minister, Senzo Mkunu, has now released three reports which show nearly half of our drinking water systems are producing water which is described as not microbiologically safe. The reports also show that 47% of the water that goes into municipalities is non-revenue water. To put that in another way, 47% of the water that moves from dams is not being used. It's lost through leaks. This is drinking water, by the way, that is lost. Also big differences in how councils manage water. In KwaZulu-Natal, 60% of our drinking water is lost. In the Western Cape, it's 27%. The three reports are the Blue Drop Report, which looks at drinking water, the Green Drop Report, which looks at wastewater, and the No Drop Report, looking at places with no drinking water at all. We start this morning with one of the people who wrote that report. Aisha Lava is an AHL director and a water scientist. Aisha, good morning and thanks for your time. Uh, Good morning, Stephen, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak to your listeners this morning. Firstly, when the report says water is not microbiologically safe, what does that mean? Um, That means that the water does not um, meet the requirements for microbiological safety, which is a measurement of uh, um, pathogens in the water. Um, So that means it doesn't uh, meet the limits that is outlined according to the World Health Organization as well. Um, if you do drink the water, there is a possibility that you can get sick um, and therefore the water is not safe. Okay, so it doesn't mean it's da- necessarily dangerous, but this is the standard and we're, and a lot of our water, 47% of our water, uh, 46% of our water isn't actually meeting that standard. Yes, that's true. Because remember, the limits are set by the World Health Organization to to determine what is the minimum requirement to ensure that the water is safe. Um, So that is not met. Um, So the 46% 46 of the systems do not meet that requirements. And the risk obviously is associated with health, especially to, you know, your sensitive groups like your older people, uh, uh, people living with disabilities, etc. So the water is not deemed safe to drink. From what I can see, there's been a huge change over the last eight years or so, from around 2014. Has this been quite a big decline in that period? The results speak for themselves. It is a big decline, um, and it may be attributed towards the fact that there was no uh, blue drop and green drop audits that were uh, that were taking place during that time. Um, so there wasn't any reporting taking place. Um, the drops have been resumed, which is definitely a positive for the industry and for the consumers as well. One of the big things that we see is that in bigger cities, so metros, it seems water is safer. In smaller places, it's not not so safe. What can we learn from that? Is this about resources, managing resources and managing water? Uh, one of the root causes that were identified also by the DG is that the lack of maintenance, uh, lack of operational uh, staff um, and lack of maintenance as well. Remember, operating and uh, monitoring a large number of rural schemes is much more difficult because you require more resources um, to, to get to get the chemicals on site, to get the people on site and to do the monitoring as well. Um, so it is more difficult, you know, to manage a large number of smaller systems than to manage one system. So, for example, rainwater is excellent 
important in its water quality uh, management. Remember, they have uh, two or three large plants which supply uh, the bulk of Gauteng. Um, so they have the opportunity to pool all the resources um, in those plants. So they have excellent process controllers, uh, supervisors, they've got staff, they've got monitoring, access to chemicals, maintenance teams as well. Uh, so yes, it is challenging if think about it, if you have to operate a large number of plants located uh, in very remote areas. Does also does that also mean then it's actually much harder to fix the more remote areas? It's much, it's going to be much harder for those municipalities with spread out populations to actually resolve the problems that they have. Obviously, because they would require more resources. Uh, like I said, remember, at every treatment plant, they would need a, a dedicated process controller. They would need a supply of chemicals. They would need to get monitoring. You know, some of the issues, if you look at the Blue Drop report and you see the lack of monitoring that is taking place in the province is also an issue. Because to get to, to the site to collect the sample and then to deliver it to a to a, um, a laboratory that is located maybe a few hundred kilometers away and get it within the time frame that the, the 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 sample is still viable is also a challenge to these municipalities that are located in rural areas. Aisha Latha, thank you. AHL Director and Water Scientist, one of the scientists who worked on this report. You with SFM 17 minutes after 7. Dr. Ferial Adam is a manager at WaterCan, part of Outer. Dr. Adam, good morning to you and thank you for your time. The fact that 47% of our water is now non-revenue water, 47% of our water is lost due to leaks, and we're a water-scarce country, this is really a very bad situation. It is indeed. I mean, I think, Stephen, before, uh, just to, to clarify, it's 46% is being lost, but it's it's not all of it through leaks. So non-revenue water is uh, leaks. It's also non-billable water and, and also theft of water. So all of that combined then becomes the 40 But it's still, it's still a high number uh, to be losing that amount of water and not being able to um, account for it because it means it actually means loss of revenue for the municipalities. I mean, in KZN, that figure is actually, I think, 60%. So most of its water is not being paid for. Yes. And not and, and it's falling out of the system, basically. Yeah. How does that, I mean, how does that even get to that level? So, so that's it. It's, it's, it's a lot of what Aisha was saying is that there's just, you know, a lack of enforcement, a lack of uh, skills at municipal level. And then also we know this. We know this. If we look... At those years when the reports were not being released, it's those years of uh, state capture, corruption, mismanagement. And that allowed it to get this bad. Haman's call should not have happened, Stephen. There was money to fix the system there. And that money has gone. So it's, 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 a, it's a countrywide kind of issue around um, lack of skills, corruption, mismanagement of funds. There's a huge disparity. So KwaZulu-Natal loses 60% of its water. The Western Cape, it's only 27%. Um, And we've already seen how, for example, there's a structural reason uh, why it is much harder to manage water in a more remote area with the spread out population than it is, for example, in Gauteng. Is there a structural reason why KZN is losing so much water and the Western Cape is losing so much less water? No, I think part of that is, um, I think structurally plays a role, but part of it is also uh, the management of these wastewater treatment plants and water treatment plants. So that plays a very big role in in the wastage, in the management, and actually how the cleaning of the water. We've known for a long time that our water infrastructure is failing. And I mean, we see it so often ourselves when you Mm. turn on a tap and nothing happens. 
These reports, obviously, they're very important. They were stopped for a while. They're very important to know what's really going on. Is there any, in any indication that the situation is going to improve? You know, I agree with you. These reports, I must say, I have to commend the department. These are honest reports, um, as much as we, as mu- as honest as it can get <laughs> when it's coming from government. Um, but I don't think it's going to get better before it gets, you know, I think it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. I think that the department, uh, as we have presently, uh, have put in a lot of effort around this. They have mechanisms. They've, they've, they're even putting amendments to, to legislation. But what worries us as civil society is that the stability of this. So, you know, for, for 10 years, the department was in a mess. Next year's an election year. What happens if that minister changes? Do we have... Do we know for sure that the top management will be in that position to continue the work that has been started? Because that's my fear. If if we get a leadership or we get someone else that moves in there, doesn't know what's going on and starts from scratch or just ignores issues that are important, then it takes us backwards. And that could be a big disaster for our water and sanitation. So in other words, the, you say it might get a bit worse before it gets better and getting it better in, in the best case scenario will take a long time. It will, and it needs stability and leadership. And and I think for the first time in 12 years, that seems to be there. But we also need a lot more people on the ground, so ordinary people, to continue being the eyes and ears. So if you see a leak that's going on for three days, that's that's the kind of water losses we need to avoid. And if you're in Joburg, you see that all the time. Dr. Ferial Adam, thank you very much indeed. A manager at Water Can, which is part of the organization Undoing Tax Abuse Out. At 22 minutes after seven, Professor Anya Duplessis is an expert on water management and associate professor at UNISA. Professor Duplessis, good morning to you and thank you for your time. So we have what I suppose we could call a big national crisis. We've heard from Dr. Adam that we need um, a, a sort of consistency. We need consistent leadership. What kind of plan do we actually need to fix our water systems in so much of the country? Look, uh, good morning to to you and your listeners. Um, for us to basically recover from this or or try to address the the numerous issues, we ba- basically have to like uh, have a proper refurbishment of of everything. At the end of the day, if we look at the statistics, it's not acceptable, which is of great worry to me, is the majority of the municipalities. We know that over 50% of them, you know, do not supply suitable drinking water, according to SANS 241. Um, but of those, 57% don't, don't even notify their water users of, of water quality being compromised. So that's an issue. And um, Dr. Adams spoke about, um, you know, skilled people at the right places. The report, unfortunately, also shows that there's a total shortfall of 400 qualified persons. Um, consisting of 203 technical staff and 197 scientists, with most of the the staff working at these water treatment works, like 67% without any training. That is a major red flag. Um, we cannot improve our systems if we do not have proper management and in informed um, um, people at the right places. So 63% of people working in these in some of these water systems have had no training whatsoever. 67 percent yes according to the reports wow um 
just to get the right people with the right skills, I mean, we need to start training people first. I mean, that's a two, three, four-year process. In other words, even in the best-case scenario, we're really looking at a long national effort to try and get this right. And in the meantime, and I hate to say this, in the meantime, we're moving away from a rainy period and possibly into a less rainy period. Exactly. So you're basically going to sit with um, our rivers are already in a dire state due to continued pollution, non-enforcement, and then just total neglect. If we are faced now, as you say, with El Nino on its way, already there, um, expecting below average rainfall. And if we do fall within a drought period again, like we had between 2015 and 2018, these are going, these statistics are going to be worse. Our water quality is going to be worse once more because the dilution factor isn't there anymore. Um, which will then also increase the costs of having to treat this water to get to a suitable standard. Is there any idea of how much fixing all of this would cost? I mean, and there's so many different things that need fixing Eskom Transnet. But if, for example, someone had to try and work out a budget for the next 10 years to fix our water systems, is there any way of working that out? And I realize each council uh, has its own issue, each water board has its own issue. But is there any way of working out how much money we're going to need to spend as a country on this? A lot. Uh, I think the estimated figure is about uh, close to or more than 100 billion rand or something like that, just over the couple, past couple of, well, forward thinking of five years. Um, that's thinking, excluding the training of people, um, putting experts in the right positions. Um, that basically just looks at fixing the water supply systems as they are at this point in time. Yes, our infrastructure is old. Some of the, the pipes that we have in Joburg is more than 100 years old. However, we can't blame that. Um, if we look at the reports as a whole, um, the whole water supply system is basically in a mess. And that's, basic, that's primarily due to continued neglect, the dark ages that Dr. Adams also referred to from 2014. Um, and yes, we commend the Department of Water and Sanitation for the, the transparent um, reports. However, it's now time that we see action and accountability for so many water supply systems and local municipalities just carrying on and um, being below in a critical state this just does isn't it doesn't only um affect you know the environment it affects actual human health um, and it's also against legislation so they at this point in time not complying with section 27 of the constitution which says that we are all um have to have the right to safe and clean water and then obviously the environment section 24 as well so the department of water and sanitation now needs to show some teeth and 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 incorporate some uh, accountability professor anya duplessis thank you an associate professor at unisa and an expert as you can hear on water management